Welcome to the October 6th, 2011 Frontline Reports podcast from Doctors Without Borders, Médecins Sans Frontières, or MSF. I'm Melissa Pratt, bringing you a report from Turkana in northwestern Kenya. This week, getting the right kind of food aid in a nutrition crisis. I first met Puko Amadoy in the village of Mayen when she came to register for food aid. She was four months pregnant and 30 years old, with a round face, a sideways smile, and sharp eyes that seemed to take in the situation around her with a sense of irony. Aside from those distinguishing features, she resembled most of the other Turkana women in this area. She was tall and muscular, her hair shaved into a braided mohawk, and her neck ringed with stacks of beaded necklaces. She wore a long bolt of colorful cloth tied around her body and had hungry children clinging to her hands and hips. This summer, MSF registered Puko Amadoy and 800 others with children under the age of three to receive food aid in Mayen. It's one of the larger villages in this part of Turkana and part of the region known as the Horn of Africa, where a severe drought has been killing off livestock and stifling crop growth over the past year. While there are far fewer severely malnourished children in Turkana than in Somalia, and this extremely isolated region has received much less attention, the crisis here is still very real. After UNICEF shared their concerns about the area, MSF carried out an assessment and then set to work distributing food aid and, importantly, providing a medical nutritional component through mobile clinics. Jonah Nagugi is MSF's Kenyan field coordinator in Turkana. He helped launch the project in June. I come from the central part of the, the country whereby it's green, there is a lot of food, there is everything, there is like almost everything that we want. We farm, we keep animals, we have all the good things. Now coming over to Trokana and then I'm met with sand and stones and trees drying and mountains, there is no vegetation, no nothing. Between June and the end of September, his team screened more than 2,000 people in five villages. Close to 400 children were placed in MSF's program to treat severe malnutrition. Many patients received treatment for various other health problems, such as pneumonia, respiratory tract infections, and malaria. It was a rare opportunity for the people of this region, Nagugi said, because this semi-nomadic population does not usually have access to health care. The Trukana people are pastoralists. They have animals, especially goat and sheep, camels and donkeys. And now, due to that, they keep on moving, depending on the patterns of the lanes and how the situation is on the ground. The Turkana are, in fact, entirely dependent on their livestock, for their wealth and for their food. Men will often go out for months at a time to seek suitable pastures for their animals, leaving women like Puko Amadoy and their children in villages like Mayen, where they have to scramble to find sustenance. <laughs> 
Because of the prevalence of armed cattle raids in this area, some men never return. I asked Amadoy through a translator about her situation. Does she have a husband? Um. My husband. His husband was killed. Her husband was killed. So yes. during a raid? Yes, because of the raid. And Even the animals had been taken. Okay, so the husband was killed and yes. their animals were the taken. The animals have been taken. So That's why I make her to come back again and to stay here. Lately, Amadoy said, she and her children have been surviving on a small wild fruit she called Oedipole. Several other women had told me the same thing. She brought me to her grass hut, reinforced with pieces of cardboard boxes, formerly holding food aid. So does she have to go every day? Every day she goes? She explained that every day she walks about 10 miles out into the bush with her children to gather bags of the tiny fruits. She showed it to me. One piece is about the size of a sunflower seed. When she gets home, she said, first she soaks them and then she roasts them in a pot over a fire. It's a humble meal, but putting it together is no simple task. This area is affected by tribal conflict and widespread crime. So to protect them from roaming bandits, she and the other women have to pay armed men to escort them. Men have some guns, taking them up to, to look for, for escort. They hire people yes, to, the other take people them to take them with uh, guns. With the guns. MSF's nutritional intervention in this area has two main components. First, the distribution of supplementary food to prevent children from becoming dangerously malnourished. Mothers who are pregnant or have children under three years old are given supplementary food. Second, specialist treatment for children who are already severely malnourished. These children receive a supply of specially developed, ready-to-use therapeutic food, or RUTF. They receive supplies every two weeks until they've recovered. The RUTF provides everything a child needs to recover from malnutrition and to regain his or her health. And because it's in easily portable packets, a mother or caretaker can administer it at home. The child does not need to be hospitalized, as used to be the case. The following week, when MSF returned to Mayan, Fuku Amadoy was there with her one-year-old, who had just been enrolled in the severe malnutrition program. She received her two-week supply of RUTF, and then, like hundreds of other mothers there, she waited to get her supplementary food ration. Small bottles of vegetable oil and sacks of fortified corn-soy blend, or CSB, which she carried home on her head. CSB is the food aid that has long been distributed in developing countries, and Amadoy and the other mothers seemed very relieved to get it. But as Dr. Susan Shepard, MSF's nutritional advisor, has repeatedly pointed out, CSB will not necessarily keep Amadoy's children from becoming sick nor is it the right kind of food to keep a pregnant mother like her healthy. The only appropriate response to a food crisis is to make sure people have access to food. And there is a lot of that going on. Um, families receiving rice and beans and oil or maize and beans and oil. 
But for the most vulnerable members of families, pregnant and lactating women and young children, we know that uh, this typical food ration doesn't actually meet all of their needs and they're liable to, to get sick or, or lose weight if they don't get better foods. Corn soy blend is fortified with vitamins and minerals, but it's not appropriately adapted in particular to young children's needs. And in spite of advances in nutrition science and uh, understanding in changes in policy at the World Food Program or the European Union and U.S., there is still a lot of CSB being distributed. In some places, CSB is the only kind of food aid that's permitted to be distributed to people in food insecure areas. That was the case in Kenya until this August. While the team in Turkana was giving out CSB, MSF representatives and others were in Nairobi, lobbying the Kenyan government to approve the use of foods that have been specifically developed for young children. This included an improved form of CSB that contains milk and better vitamin and mineral content, or preferably packets of supplementary ready-to-use foods referred to as RUSF. The latter is similar to the RUTF used to treat severely malnourished children, but this supplementary food is used to prevent malnutrition's onset. Unlike CSB, which is sufficient for many adults, RUSF is specifically adapted for young children. It provides the key nutrients children need to be healthy. RUSF has had very positive results in other settings preventing children from falling into severe malnutrition and helping drive down the chances of their getting opportunistic diseases, which often come as malnutrition lowers a child's immunity, like measles, tuberculosis, and pneumonia. What these um, ready-to-use supplemental food distributions do are really bridging this divide between health programs that MSF is, of course, so experienced in running and the food programs, which up until now have been providing family food, but not really the kind of child food that um, so many of these kids need. And by bridging this divide with a, a child-appropriate food, we should be able to help children stay healthier and um, make it through this difficult period in much better condition. Back in Mayenne, the children were still being weighed and measured. Medical staff recorded the progress of those 200 severely malnourished children on charts. Each chart told a different story. The best stories were steep diagonal lines reaching up to the target weight. Others showed zigzagging lines or progress that had plateaued due to illness perhaps, or because the child had not received the prescribed amount of RUTF, which is sometimes referred to by the brand name, Plumpy Nut. In some cases, clinical officer Gladys Womboy, or one of the other medical staff, tries to refer children who are not improving to the inpatient nutrition center, which MSF supports in a hospital in the town of Lokitan, about three hours away. Sometimes that suggestion meets with resistance. The mother or caretaker almost always has other children at home and may not be willing to go stay with their sick child in the hospital. That was the case with one malnourished boy who was coughing and clearly not getting better. 
Well, the kid, the kid is not adding weight. The weight is going down. The last time was brought here by the grandmother. They are dis discussed about admission. The grandmother refused. So today I wanted to make sure that they are given so that they go to his house. We make sure they have taken their planting. But the mother says it's not possible. So she has promised and she's saying she's not sharing with the other kids. So we'll see next week. The way then we'll decide from there. There's the child is, is losing weight, is not adding. Gladys says that the mother insists she is not sharing the RUTF with her other children. But in some cases, it's inevitable that a mother with five or six mouths to feed will spread around the packets of special therapeutic food that she's given. This compromises the sick child's recovery, however. And the team has devised ways to try to correct that, such as having a community leader monitor the feedings. And that's worked to a degree. But the larger problem of the other hungry children, all of whom are at risk of becoming malnourished at some point, still remains. Days after this food distribution in Mayen, MSF and other organizations received permission in Kenya to distribute nutrient-rich RUSF, the supplementary ready-to-use food that helps prevent childhood malnutrition. This will save countless lives. But because there have been no international guidelines established on the use of RUSF, which is the role of the World Health Organization, or the WHO, the time that it took to receive these approvals meant that countless other lives were lost, especially among the Somali refugee population that's streaming into Dadaab in northeastern Kenya. MSF is calling for the WHO to establish these guidelines now. There is no reason why a child should have to be at death's door before he or she receives the right kind of food. You'll hear more about MSF's response to the needs in Somalia and in the Dadaab refugee camp in upcoming podcast episodes. If you'd like to help us change the 195 million stories of childhood malnutrition by pushing for significant changes in the international food aid system, please go to starvedforattention.org. There you can see videos featuring images from some of the top photojournalists in the world. And you can sign the petition for food aid policy change. MSF, or Doctors Without Borders, is an independent medical humanitarian aid organization that delivers emergency assistance to people affected by wars, epidemics, and natural or man-made disasters in 70 countries around the world.